you are the podcast master. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's Matt hanging out in Las Vegas right now for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And for those of you that have been sending me messages, texting, calling, saying, hey, it's time to put out another podcast, well, get ready because you're about to be flooded. I'm doing 10 episodes in 10 days during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. And a lot of it's thanks in part to our friends at Rule Cloth, and I encourage you to check them out, rulecloth.com. Or if you're on the gram, cruise over and give them a follow at USA is their Instagram handle. They have set us up right smack dab in the middle of Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's Hunter and Outdoor Christmas. If you're headed to Las Vegas, you got time, come see us. Come give us some suggestions. Give us some, uh, you know, whatever. Point us in the right direction if, if there's something that you want to, to hear on the podcast. All you got to do, come find us. We're upstairs, the Las Vegas Convention Center here for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. I'm going to start it off. We're going north of the border. It's Canadian. That's going to be the first of these 10 episodes. And uh, my good buddy, Brett Gardner, sit down with me here to kick off day number one. Now, if you don't know Brett, Brett is a nine-time Canadian announcer of the year. And this is a guy that has achieved so much success. And honestly, in a, a pretty short period of time, I think he's been doing it for, you know, uh, about 15 years but this guy he he's an incredibly passionate announcer he truly cares about what he does and he cares about people and to me you know that's that's enough to to say everything that needs to be said about this guy but uh I really enjoyed getting to catch up with him I got to work with him at a PBR Canada event and it was so cool because honestly we were both still pretty young in our careers uh he more so than me but um, man, it was, it was just so much fun. I knew right away that we were going to be good pals for a long time and we still are. And, uh, you know, got to hit the gym with him, got to kind of hang out during the uh, cowboy Christmas festivities as well. So it was awesome to sit down. I'm going to get straight into this conversation. The openings over the next 10 episodes are going to be pretty short, sweet and to the point. Um, because we got a lot to get to and hope you guys have subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, give us a rating. Uh, drop a comment in there as well. It's it's the only way to get more eyeballs and ears attached to this podcast. So do that for me. I would really appreciate it if you're not already. Hit us up on the gram. Matt L. West is where we're at right now. And uh, sit back, enjoy episode number one of 10 podcasts in 10 days. Here's my conversation with nine-time Canadian announcer of the year, Brett Gardner. The self-proclaimed strongest announcer <laughs> in Canada. Glad to have you, buddy. Hey, happy to be here. Happy uh, to be here. Uh, and, and I say that jokingly. You've got to be the strongest announcer in Canada, right? Well, I don't know, man. I haven't oh, really yes, thought about do. that you, before, but let's just say for this, yeah, for this sake, yeah. Is there anybody even close? I don't no, know, man. there's not. I Come never on. thought, I haven't thought about it. I love I Dave Paulson, but I he's not too. benching 300 pounds. No, I may be able to get yeah, Dave on the bench. <laughs> Just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. In all seriousness, though, congratulations. Uh, nine times, right? Yeah, yeah. Nine-time Canadian Announcer of the Year. When you started your career, did, did you ever think oh, that ne- was a never, thing? 
Never. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that earlier today because um, I think you even as an announcer, I'm sure a lot of we always get that question, you know, how did you start? Why yeah, did yeah, you yeah. start? It's, yep. it's, it's common in our industry. And uh, I remember, you know, I was a competitor. I was absolutely awful, and, but I wanted to stay involved. And somebody said, you know, you know, you never shut up, so give it a try. But I was still a goal-orientated person. I guess that comes from uh, my mom and dad and how I was raised and things like that. But uh, I remember By the way, your goal. mom's here. Yeah, she is. Lovely yeah, lady. That's right. She's a wonderful woman. And uh, I remember one said a guy said by the time I was 30 years old, I wanted to get a pro rodeo because at the time when you start in the semi-professional ranks, that's the thing. That's where you want to be. That's where the big dogs hang out. So by the time I was 30, that was my first goal. I wanted to have a, have a pro rodeo and, and hopefully get the nod for what we would call a semi-professional final. So right, that was right, the right. first goal I set. And if that's a, that was my world. That's as high as I thought it ever got. So I uh, got lucky enough to kind of be uh, a part of the business at the right time and uh, catch a few breaks and, and it went pretty well. Isn't it crazy how things change, you know, and everybody's got a different story. I want to go back yeah. to you real quick because you said as a competitor. Sure. Fill people in on what yeah. you did. Um, well, the, the start of the story as a kid from Canada, we played hockey. So hockey was, really? was the gig. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, I know. Hey, I can. So played that hockey. That was you, not me. That was just so you, right. Okay. Yeah. Played hockey. Um, and uh, my brother started rodeoing a little bit. Um, and I had a somewhat successful hockey career as a teenager, moved away for a year or two to play hockey. Um, but it just didn't work out. So then by the time I was 16, 17, I was back home. My brother was rodeoing and uh, my, my pals rodeoed. And so I just started high school rodeoing just because it was fun socially because I liked being and hanging out with cool cool dudes. And so rode some bareback horses. I team roped. I steer wrestled, roped calves, did a little bit of everything. Uh, I'm a huge supporter of the, the high school rodeo yep. ranks. You know, they yep. do such a good job. And think at the time entry fees were 15 bucks so we just entered everything and, yeah of and course we, yeah Why wouldn't you? yeah we had a blast so i started rodeoing that way um and again just wasn't very good but uh but enjoyed <laughs> which it is, which is hard for a lot of people to admit because sure. i see a lot of guys that continue to quote unquote rodeo professionally yeah. and they're not very good yeah that's right so i saw the light early <laughs> yeah people say you started announcing early i said no i just sucked rodeo and early <laughs> yeah i just was real bad real young so uh, that's yeah that's so funny because yeah. um, when you say you that you just kind of you know had you had these goals. I had one goal. Mm-hmm. My one goal was to do at the time what was a PBR built for tough series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was two other organizations that you know smaller associations back home, and I said I want to do their finals. Well, guess what? Never got to do them. <laughs> got overlooked for both of them. Yeah. And, uh, the ACRA and the IPRA. If you're listening right now, yeah, I'm still bitter. You still bitter. Never got a chance. No, but the man. Uh, a good buddy of mine got to do both of them, and I thought, you know, that to me, that's as good as it's ever going to get. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. And uh, I, I still like I've I did my first PBR finals in 2010. Uh-huh. Been uh, involved in some way, shape, or form ever since. And I'm still bitter that I didn't get yeah, those goals a, knocked man, off my list. Yeah, I know that feeling. I still first pro rodeo I ever worked was in 2006 with with Dave Paulson, yep. who you mentioned. Yep. And he's such a. We talked earlier or yesterday, maybe it was about Dave Paulson and about how if you're a Canadian announcer, he's your idol. He's right. your mentor. He's right. just a wonderful man and a wonderful announcer. And I worked a semi pro rodeo finals with him in 2005. And I was 21 years old, didn't have a clue what I was doing. He just, I mean, took me under his wing, took care of me for five performances. And then a couple months later, phone rings and Dave Paulson says, Hey, there's a pro rodeo in Medicine Hat, Alberta, and they're going to be calling you. And I want you to work with me. And I thought, Oh my God, right. this is incredible. 
And uh, so went to that rodeo that summer, and it was a tour rodeo, a top 10 rodeo. No clue that he was even part of the Wrangler Tour at yep. the time. Like, yep. just didn't know. And again, same thing. Dave just took me under his wing, took care of me, and, and he, was, uh, he was just awesome, awesome. And uh, that's the one rodeo in my 15 years now in my career that I was never asked back to. And I still, really? yeah, so I still think about that one. And, and uh, they kind of made a change, you know, but it was, you're like, geez, I finally got there, and here I go. And I never went back since. So uh, that's you know, crazy. Yeah, to Dave me. Paulson's still there. He's been there for like forty years, um, but they just had made a change of their format and stuff. But with that being said, um, yeah, one day maybe we'll get to go back there. Same thing. No, I mean, what's crazy to me is that there's only one you haven't. Been oh asked shoot, back well, to because I've got I better a be list careful. of them. Okay, better, I've got more than I've got that. A book full of rodeos that I haven't been. Oh back shoot. To. No, and, and that's funny. And that's what's one of the cool things about our industry is is when you do a rodeo, especially in the rodeo world, when you do a rodeo, you essentially become a part of that committee's family. Yeah. And and if you're not an idiot, there's a lot of longevity. Yeah. Yep. You you continue to go back year after year after year, which, you know, I mean, I don't think that there's really anything called job security as an announcer, but there really is. To a certain degree, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that because I, I completely agree. You become a part of the fabric and, and everything that uh, that that event is, and you see, yeah, it becomes part of that family. And I know we always use that as you know the PBR is almost a family. cliche, yeah, yeah. You know the the rodeo is a family, but you feel that. I, I know I go to committees that I've been a part of for 10, 11, 12 years, like you do, and you're so excited to see someone. Hey, how are your kids doing? You know, how are you? Because you you have those conversations with those people. You become a part, like you said, that community. And somebody put it to me once, um, and it, I gained a lot of perspective when I thought, oh, I think I was probably tired and on the road, and, you know, it was uh, the miles were wearing on me, and I was kind of, yeah, whatever, we'll just get through it and, yeah, yeah. you know, get to the next one, da-da-da. But uh, somebody said, hey, you know what you need to keep in mind sometimes is every time that we go to these towns, these cities, regardless how big or small they are, 90% of the time, especially in Canada, the event you're going to is the biggest event for that community that year. It's everybody's national final. Yeah. 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 And it was a huge eye-opener for me. And I thought, man, I'm going to go to work every time because these people, this is what they look forward to 365 days a year for us. And we always say i got the greatest job in the world, all these things. But... um, yeah, it's it's really hey, we got to bring our best and deliver, and it's important because this is what these people look forward to. This well, is what they li- you know they work hard for all year to be a part of. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's something that I, I and I I struggle. I struggle yeah. just like everybody else. We say that all the time. We've got the greatest job in sure. the world. Yeah. Sometimes though, we forget that it's not a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's re- it's really not a job. Yeah. Like we're yeah. pretty stinking blessed. Even yes. the bad days are good days. You bet. You bet. Uh, you were you started this conversation before we flipped the little recorder on, uh, and you were talking about your parents. Yeah, talking about coming out here to the national finals rodeo, and you started telling me yep. a story about your dad. Sure, I was. You talk, but first, before I tell you that story, I got to say, no, I mean, it's my podcast. You know, I know, Don't I know, I know. Over. I'm taking this over is my the whole show. Time. Okay, I got to say to you, uh, one of the the favorite, and you are like the king in our world of Instagram. Uh, and social media Far and all of these it. things. But I will say this much, uh, huge respect to you because I think at least once a week you post pictures of your mom and your dad, and it's so real and so authentic. And and I mean, I, I try to put them on my Instagram story a lot, mainly to show everybody that, you know what, even when when you don't have great genetics, you can still <laughs> succeed and, and be something, make something of yourself. No, it's so funny because... I, I do. I pick on my parents quite a bit, especially my dad, because he'll right. come in the office and sure. you know he'll sit around and somebody will call and 
what are you doing? Uh, I'm working. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You're sitting on your ass. So yeah. if you ever call me and I say that I'm working, I'm actually working. You're actually, yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, we were talking about my sort of tell the story of my dad. And um, he was uh, started working in the oil field early in, in life. And he was kind of dealt, uh, um, I guess to say, you know, just a bit of a, a difficult hand. His dad passed away when when um, he was 16 years old and he was one of four kids. He was the oldest. So responsibility uh, kind of got pushed onto his plate for some things. But, um, you know, my dad's my hero and he was a rock star. And just every story that I've heard from from those times, uh, he just really stepped up and helped support his family. And um, so I just have the utmost respect for him. And then in the mid-70s, after a couple tours of duty within the, within the oil field industry in Western Canada, um, he would end up in Drayton Valley, started a place called uh, Tracks and Wheels. Um, and it was boats and quads and skidoos and things like that. And then I want to say... Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say skidoos? Yeah, skidoos, snowmobile. What do you? It's a Canadian that's, thing. That's new to me. Yeah. Well, so from Oklahoma, not a lot okay. of mountains. I guess snowmobiles would be the, the the North American term. You know, Bombardier makes the skidoo very Canadian, <laughs> Quebec. Um, but uh, you know, Dad then started. Uh, I think it was 1977. Mum and Dad bought a, a Radio Shack franchise, and I'm not really? sure if you ever had them down here. Oh yeah, uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. So so Dad bought a. A Radio Shack franchise, and in, in yeah, I think '77, and then grew it from there, and just started to to hustle and work hard. And I mean, 20 hours a day. Dad was always working. He'd he'd leave the house before we got up in the morning. He'd go to work, and then he would drive home. And our place, we live four miles um, from town, a town called Drayton Valley, where we grew up. And uh, he'd go to work for a few hours, come home, eat breakfast with us, and we went to school. He'd go back to work, and then he'd come home, have supper with us. We'd go to bed. He'd go back to work. I mean, just hustled right. and hustled and hustled, and and he's always kind of been my inspiration because uh, he's just salt of the earth guy, and and it's great when you can look and your hero is your dad. I'm really, really fortunate that way, and and I same thing can be said for my mom, who's you know here and we hang out at the NFR here. It's kind of our tradition, and um, just wonderful. I'm just there's lots of love in my family, and, yeah. and I don't take that yeah. for granted. Um, they've had my back since day one. Mom's been a huge support of my career, and sometimes it's almost embarrassing. We'll be somewhere, and you know, she'll be like, "I'm just your biggest fan, Brett," and that's Aww. never going to change, you know. So I do appreciate it. That, no, it, it's so amazing because that's kind of the common theme around here this week, and uh, you know, I've, ha- I've I've heard a lot of people say the same thing in different interviews throughout the course of just the you know this season alone. I wouldn't have been able to do this without sure. these people. Yeah, it's something that you know. It's so so important yep. to virtually everybody that's successful in any yep. venture. Yeah, like you've got to have that support system. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with Brad Narducci. Uh, we just had Who? lunch here. Yeah, yeah. Never what's heard a of Brad it. Narducci. I yeah. think that was the title of one of the podcasts. <laughs> yeah, just what's a Brad Narducci? And and you and I both were talking about how much uh, you know we think of Brad. And he's such a cool dude. But we were having lunch there, and I said, you know. My mom loaned me money to buy my first set of speakers when I was an announcer. You know, she said, "Yeah, what do you need? Let's let's do this. I know you want to pursue this." And so, just the little things like that—it's uh, pretty cool to think back on. Uh, my parents loaned me money to buy lunch today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they continue to support this yeah, dream right. or habit yeah, of that's mine. Good. That's good. I, I, that's I don't good. ever want to grow up, so why would I do it financially? Yeah, don't start now. If they'll buy lunch, I'm taking it. That's right. That's right. Good for you. So, for you. how did you get involved in you know competing? Eating, like, like, who was it in your family that first said, 
I want to go try this. You, my brother would have led the way. Your brother. Uh, yeah, three and a half years older than me. Uh, I'm the youngest of three. But, um, yeah, he started, and he just took a liking to it. We'd always went to the Canadian Finals Rodeo. That was always one of our kind of family ventures every year. So that's where we fell in love with the sport. My dad was on the rodeo committee in Drayton Valley. Um, and I want to say it was the Elks Club or the Lions Club, Lions Club, that, that put the rodeo on. And dad if was you a don't part know, of that. you'll never be able to go do that rodeo. That's right. That's right. There you go. That's right. Another one on the list. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he was part of that. So he's part of that committee, and um, our love and appreciation, I guess, started with that. And again, as spectators, and then my brother started to compete. Dad didn't compete that much, but uh, my brother started to ride bareback horses, and I thought my brother was a pretty cool dude. Um, still do. So you know, kind of followed in his footsteps, and that's when my competitive career began. When you're in Canada, I mean. I got to assume like the Stampedes, probably top of the bucket list. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Um, The memories of the Stampede, geez, you're bringing back lots of good ones, man. (laughs) My grandpa was a, he trained chuck wagon horses and hung out with some some cool guys in the chuck wagon game. And he was always a big chuck wagon fan. And of course, Calgary was well known for its chuck wagons. So we would, uh, he would take us there and we'd sit in the grandstand and cheer on the chuck wagons and go to the rodeo. And um, so that was... uh, that was my first exposure with Calgary. And now, years later, getting to be a part of it and standing on that stage, and you and I have had that talk yeah. here in Calgary, yeah. that's a special place. And, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in the U.S. at some of the, the bigger events, but uh, I can't imagine there are many other places in the world that have a feeling like that stage Sunday afternoon at the Calgary Stampede. i, I got to be honest with you. You know, I, I'd heard stories. I'd been to Cheyenne. Yeah. I'd been to Denver. I'd been to Fort Worth and all these different rodeos across uh, Pendleton. Um I've been to the national finals. It was the last year, I think, was the first time I got to come to Calgary. And holy cow, what an experience. I mean, that is a huge, huge experience. Yeah. And that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's not just a rodeo. Yeah. That entire event is just uh it's something you you truly, as cliche as it sounds, you have to see it to truly understand uh-huh. the magnitude yeah. of the event. Yep. I think it's a lot like Vegas. You know, you think you got Vegas figured out till you come here for the first time. Right. Yeah, but that's still Calgary. And I remember one, we had a great performance on the Sunday and we had a post-production meeting and they said, hey, there was, and the numbers, we're going to be closer. But, you know, they said, hey, there's 25,000 people at the rodeo today. And they said, and we broke an attendance record. We had over 200,000 people through the gate. So you think, of course, we get in this industry where we think everybody's just coming to the rodeo. Oh, there's another 175,000 people on park during the rodeo doing, you know, all things that are the Calgary Stampede. So What's cool about that is all of them are wearing a cowboy hat of some (laughs) shape. Or four, yeah, like yeah. they have some kind of uh, of cowboy something. Whether it's they went out and bought a pair of boots yeah. today, yeah. or they went and bought the silliest, goofiest cowboy hat you've ever seen in your life. They're trying. They're making an attempt. They they recognize the culture. Yeah, and I think that that is what we miss in the United States. Sure, sure. is because I love I love it, and I've talked to some friends while we were in Calgary, and I said, look around. What do you see that's different here than what you see? in the states and Mm -hmm. we have this culture of we're cowboys and by god we're going to be cowboys the way it's supposed to be sure where you go to the calgary stampede they kick the walls down and if you if you can buy a cowboy hat at a gas station put it on (laughs) come on you're part of the deal yeah yeah and i think that that's what we're missing here is that the the 
inviting feeling sure. of, of yes, yeah. Pretend to be a part of our culture, even if it's for one day. Yeah, let's make you a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think that was so. That was the biggest thing that stuck out to me in Calgary. Yeah, I like how you said that because it's very true. It's such a they've created such a culture there that is that is you know of their own. Yeah, it's uh, they've done such a wonderful job, and uh, and I still think I, one of the reasons I think Calgary's so special. I don't care where you go anywhere in the world, if you say rodeo, and no offense, because the Wrangler National Finals rodeo is absolutely incredible. I love every minute of it. They're probably going to say, "Oh, Calgary Stampede." Yep. It is so international, and they've done such an incredible job of making it that way. Uh, and it is again Canada. We talk about the mosaic, the melting pot of all these cultures and all these. Well, the Calgary Stampede is exactly that during a rodeo performance. And the Stampede's right in the middle of the city. Yeah, it's not yeah. out in some little country town. It's right in the middle yep. of one of the largest cities in yep. Canada. You're nine. You're ninety. You're from every country. You're Canadian. You're not Canadian. You're going to be Canadian. They're there. And, and you said there's 175,000 people that won't go to the rodeo. Yeah. But there's 175,000 people that know that that is an event based about a rodeo. Yeah, yeah for sure. Which is sure. It's so awesome because yeah. the more eyeballs, the more ears that we can get towards this industry, the better yeah. it is for everybody. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So you've come down here to the States a little bit. You've bounced around. You've done some PBR work. You've, uh, you, you've, you've done so much. Like, What's next? Like, what's uh, your goals? Like, a guy that's won <laughs> nine announcer of the year titles, like, what becomes your goal? I, I wanted to take over the podcast and ask you that, okay? <laughs> you know, it, hey, it's, I will tell you this. Honestly, yeah. personally, my goals have shifted. Sure. Because uh, those of you that follow me know mm-hmm. that, you know, I announced for, for years I was announcing – the Velocity Tour, Touring yes, Pros, all that stuff. Did, you know, the Bill Fortuff, the Unleash the Beast. Uh, got a few World Finals buckles under my belt. And then moved over into what we call Ride Pass, the digital yes, network. Yes. It was on camera, and I thought, mm-hmm. TV's the way. Mm-hmm. My goals completely changed. Sure, sure. I'm not going to throw this out there. I'll, I'll drop, I'll dangle a carrot. But yeah. my goals in the last, matter of fact, in the last 24 hours, my goals have changed again. And I have I have a couple new goals that um, that I'm going to work my ass off to achieve. And yeah. I say that before you get a chance to answer because Good. when we start, we have goals. Yes. But those goals constantly change. Yeah. And I think that that's something that people forget. You know, it's ever evolving. Yeah. Everything yeah. in life is ever evolving. So yeah. Anyways, not to interrupt. But. No, no. I'm I'm glad you put it like that and. Because uh, that's one of the things, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to get this deep. So here we'll go down the rabbit hole, maybe. But uh, I'm known for yeah, it. right, huh? Hard yeah, he's just <laughs> <get really deep. laughs> he's just pulling on my heartstrings. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's funny. We we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We were coming home from an event, and and you talk about you know setting the bar, and the bar continues to to raise. And and where do you go, and what do you do? And I I've got that question a lot, and I don't necessarily have an answer. You know, I've got two or three different outlooks, and and what they are, um, I don't know. My my wife is just incredible; keeps it all together. I'm never, I never seem to be at home. Uh, we've got three kids, ten, eight, and three. She, I mean, my kids don't miss a hockey practice. They don't miss a ski lesson. They don't miss a. Doesn't matter if it's at five in the morning. She's got all three of them loaded up and ready to go, and she's an absolute rock star. And and it wouldn't work without her. But um, with that being said. I'm at the point where there's a lot of things right now that I'm missing. You know, my son, he's a hockey goalie. Um, they're playing the number one team in the league 
tomorrow at one o'clock and I'm going to be born an airplane and, I, and I'm going to miss it, you know, and that stuff, um, I, I could deal with it a little better a few years ago. Now it just kind of, it, it's not heartbreaking, but it's just, I miss it, you know, so mm-hmm. I've often contemplated taking the 40 weekends and making them 30. And just taking some time. And I, I get people saying, with that said, I get people saying, hey, now's your chance. Yeah. You know, people kind of know who you are now and you're doing an okay job. You've got some momentum. You know, maybe try and expand your horizons. Why don't you? And I'm thinking, I want to do less. Yep. You know, I'd almost like to take 10 years and just say, hey, I want to keep the ones that I enjoy. And I'm part of those families and those committees and communities like we talked about. The ones that I enjoy going to, be able to to make a good living, support my family, but also be a part of that family. And in 10 years, I'm going to be 45. I can still go and I can still, you know, do you make a run? What does that have? What does it look like? I don't know. But um, it's always trying to find that balance. And I've never found it, but we just keep making changes all the time. So um, I know that probably doesn't answer the question, you know, what's no, next. But um, I yeah. think it answers it much better than a solid this event or that sure. event can answer. Sure. And here's why. Because we hear the word goals and everybody yeah. automatically thinks professionally. Right, right. Those goals, throw them out the window. Because a lot of times you take the professional aspirations and you've got to shift them around and move them because your personal goals yeah. become more of a priority, yes, which they should. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you, you know, personally, I'm going to have a lot more free time this summer. <laughs> Good. And when I Good. started, you're, I, I know you're the same way we've had this conversation. When we started, it's like, I want to be as busy as I yes. can. I want to spend 300 days a year on the road. Yeah. I want to go here. I want to go there. And the guys that were older in the business were, well, I don't think I'm going to go to this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to send them your information. Yeah. And I would always look at them, and I'd be like, why the hell would you not want to go here? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But the older you get and the more miles you put on, it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not married. I don't have kids. So I got to know that. I mean, it's got to be tough to leave home. Yeah, it it, it is. It was uh, leaving home. It used to be, you know, you'd leave home and the kids would be sad to see you go. And you think it can't get any worse. But you know what the worst thing is? is when you leave home and they're not sad to see yeah. you go because they're it's, just used to it. Yep. Oh, see you, Dad. See you in a few days. Yeah. Mom's got it. We're all good. Yeah. You know, which, I mean, I'm lucky to have, again, that I don't have to worry about anything at home. It's uh, couldn't ask for a better wife and, and mother and all of those things. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty tough to leave home. And uh, But that's, uh, yeah, part of the game, regrettably. It's getting kind of loud here yeah. in the background, and I don't know if it's going to bleed through or not. We're This is all trial and error. We're yeah. recording these podcasts live at the Wrangler National Finals. We're at Cowboy Christmas in Vegas. Uh, there's a big arena just in front of us, mm-hmm. probably 50 yards over there. Do you even know what a yard is? I mean, I do, yeah. How many meters yeah. or kilometers? Whatever, it doesn't well, matter. You- but anyways, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things happening here in yeah. Vegas. Hell, there's a lot of celebrities walking yeah, around. Is. I mean, yep. there's there's... Like, I can see some from where we're at right now, you know. Um, and that's another cool thing about traveling so much is you, you have those encounters. I'm going to put a little spin on it. Yep. Uh, first of all, favorite celebrity encounter you've ever had? Oh, goodness sakes. That's a great question, man. I'm going to have to think here. Is, is there anybody that, like, if you could sit down with and visit for a minute? Or even say Holy hi to. Would you, would you get starstruck with anybody? You know, probably uh, like Garth Brooks. Yeah. You know, and I think more, uh, I'm a fan of Garth Brooks' music. He's not necessarily my favorite, okay? But uh, I remember going to a couple Garth Brooks concerts, and 
Good old Oklahoma guy, by the way. Yeah, right. I leave there and I'm inspired to be a better human just because I went to a concert. I feel the man's, there's something magical about him. Yep. And I think that uh, those are the type of people that I. I really think are special. There's Garth just is this. a bucket list guest on this podcast. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm putting Good. it into the universe, and and, and here's why. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe whatever. Me and my mom had lunch with Garth one time. No way. At an Arby's in Owasso, Oklahoma. All right, <laughs> true story. Uh, we had been shopping, Christmas shopping. We're standing in line at Arby's, and all of a sudden the guys. Back behind the counter, just kind of stop working, and I'm hungry. I'm I'm borderline hangry. I'm like, why the hell are you guys not making my sandwich? Oh man, you know. Yeah. And I look at this guy to my left, and he looks at me, and we make eye contact, and then whatever, I get mad again, and then I look at this guy again, and and finally the third time I I look at him, we make eye contact, and he says something to me, and I was like, look at my mom, and she's like, her eyes are bugged out of her head. Holy shit, that's Garth Brooks. <laughs> circle around and he's got all three of his girls at the time and what impressed me most about that and this is something that i've tried to relay to every bull rider in the pbr every rodeo person that'll listen is the impact he made on me Mm -hmm. that day he sat down next to me and my mother talked to us like we were old friends everybody that would come over to his table and ask to talk take a picture or as they were walking to the table, he would stand up, yeah, shake hands, take his hat yep. off, and no media, no cameras. Yeah. This is before camera phones and all that yeah. shit. And it was such a genuine appreciation that somebody wanted to come and say hello to him and take the time because and like he would pay attention to his kids, make sure they were okay, yep. but he yep. would make that person have a moment they'd never forget. Yeah. And I said... That's what the world's missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like not just celebrities, with friendships. Yes. Yes. Yep. Not again. Here we go. I'm gonna yep. be all deep and everything, but but like that's we miss that in our friendships because yep. we're so caught up in our cell phones, sure. our schedules, and yep. all that other shit. Yep. It's like no, nope, take the time to to remember these moments where I can sit at a table and talk to Brett, yep. or you and I can stop in the middle of a lift and have a real conversation because yep. we don't do yep. that anymore. No, I agree and. I always try, and I got to tell myself, you know, like, hey, even when I'm at home, because um, I, you know, I, I rodeo, and then I have another another job at home, I and then, talk uh, about yeah, that, yeah. then uh, with with being at home, I often get in my office, and I'm like, okay, I got to go to a, a bull riding or a rodeo tomorrow. I got to get some work done, but then I feel I'm not present, and I know that's the term now. Be present with your kids and things like that, and and that's one of the things I still feel like, yeah, I have to work on just being present in the moment, enjoying the conversation. And I'm a big fan of, I love people who are authentic. Uh, I've come to the last few years, you know, I want want people to be who they are. uh, And that's important to me. And I think in those friendships, we just resonate to, I do, those people that are really authentic and and they mean it when they shake your hand and they look you in the eye and you know that they care. When they say, how are you? They care. Yeah. They care about your kids, and, and they, that's that's just cool to me, and that's part of the magic. When you say Garth, you could tell that. He wasn't faking it. He wasn't just doing it for the paparazzi. He was real. It's funny because you said, you know, somebody asked, well, how you doing? Most people will ask, you know, how's it going or how you been? Yeah. Don't give you time to answer. Sure. And it's like, okay, don't even don't even waste time yeah. pretending to care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do that a lot. That guy yeah. right there is pretty genuine. Uh, and, and decent singer. Yeah, sings almost. It's as as okay. It's okay. See you, buddy. Um, yeah, uh, 
Go ahead, drop drop a name, Easton. Easton Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, yep, yeah, just hanging just out. Hanging out. Like, yeah, you were front row of the podcast, the, actually. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he just left. He he listened to the first half hour. I'm but actually he had I'm to actually going to use that. You know. Yeah. He, country music superstar Easton Corbin just sat for, front row at my podcast. Yes, he did. And it's all because of you, but yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's probably going to phone Garth, get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. think he's got Garth Brooks's number in his uh, phone? You know what? I don't. know. I'm going to ask him tonight. Hey, I'll you ask should do him that. Do that. That's, See, that's funny. Easton's going to do the podcast eventually. Good. He was great today on the stage. He did a uh, wonderful job. So, yeah. such a cool guy. Yep. Um, I want to go back because you were talking about kids. You you talk a lot about your kids and sure. your mother over here when you <laughs> mentioned how how spectacular your wife is. Yeah. Uh, she smiled and, and nodded in a big nod of approval. Yeah. So that love of the family is obviously Certainly. very, very prevalent. But it's not just your kids. You have a sincere... Um, like, like, like you want to help everybody. Sure. And, and, and I noticed that when you talk about your kids at school. Yeah. I, so let's talk about the other sure. job. Well, I, 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 it's, I often, there's not everybody in this industry knows that other side of it. And it's, uh, it's different, but it's not a, so I've taught school in, in Sylvan Lake at the high school at HJ Cody for 12 years. And that was the first, uh, I went there as a student teacher when I uh, did my ed degree at the University of Calgary. I was placed there. Uh, we do a round of student teaching, and, and um, they asked me to stay. They said, we think you're going to be okay, so would you mind sticking around? So uh, I've taught a little bit of everything there, but it, um, I've always had a passion, and I know people give me a hard time because maybe I don't look it, but I've always had a passion for kind of strength and conditioning, and my first degree was a kinesiology degree, so I came from that background and always enjoyed training and always enjoyed teaching kids and hanging out and trying to um, help where I could. And so the last four or five years, I've had a chance to, to work uh, just in our sports performance program. I only work half time just because the schedule doesn't right. doesn't really allow full time. But uh, I get the question a lot. You know, um, you got to quit that. It's just getting in your way. Why are you Why are you going? But um, that's really important to me. And when I walk in there Monday mornings, whenever I get home from or wherever I get home from, I always just got a smile on my face, and I feel really lucky. Maybe I'm going to give myself too much credit here, but, you know, in both of my lives, and you felt the power of a microphone in your hand looking at 15,000 people and knowing that if you do your job right, you can impact a positive change on 15,000 people within moments. Yeah. That is, there's no drug like that in the world, and, and I'm fortunate enough to feel that in the classroom, and especially with, with kind of our strength and conditioning and our sports performance program, I feel you can develop a different connection and a relationship with a student. Um, you know, they're not sitting in desks, and you're not telling them about not that math and science and all that other stuff isn't important but uh, you can just have a different relationship and I've seen kids absolutely go from a year and a half you know they couldn't do a push-up they couldn't do a pull-up they maybe necessarily didn't feel comfortable in their own skin when they got up in the morning they there was self-doubt there was all of these things and then to see these kids spend some time in the weight room learn about how to train properly learn about how to take care of themselves I I always tell them I say hey if we can have a strong mind and a strong body we're gonna have a strong life and then I said healthy mind healthy body healthy life and um, we talk about nutrition and we talk about getting proper rest and recovery and uh, and stress of, of lifting weights but also the stress of exams and studying and what does that look like and and how does that whole package come together and it's really great to see the change in these kids and it just fills my heart man it's uh, it's pretty talk cool. about the drug that is that energy of a crowd yeah. and the emotion you can get from them that just that just animal yeah magnetism that you yep. can have like yep with with a chaotic crowd to me pales in comparison to the feeling i've gotten when 
I can see somebody in my gym break through and overcome yes. that self-doubt yeah. and do something that they never thought they were going to do. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching this young lady in my gym had this just unbelievable fear of this little box jump. And yeah. watching her finally convince herself that she could do it was one huge victory. Yeah. But then watching her actually do it and the 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 pride she had when that happened, I was like, life's complete. Yeah. That's what life's all about. Yeah. You know, watching people jump over things. I know, man. It's 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 funny how how exciting that is. And I see that I see that authentic smile on your face when you talk about it. And it, I feel that same way when I see these kids and I think about the kids and how hard they've worked and when they come into the gym and now they you know, go through their routines and we talk about their programming and what they're doing and they can just talk the language and they feel comfortable doing it. But I, I always said to them, you know, I wish I could film the first four or five classes that we have together and then show them six months later because, you know, you try and get them even to do a simple air squat or something, not even a bar on their back. And I mean, it's ugly. I you feel know? bad for people that, that say, you know, when are you going to quit that or that's getting in your way. No, that's fulfilling your yeah, life. Yeah. You know, that's fulfilling what God put you on this earth sure, to do. I agree. Yeah, like, I agree. And I feel bad for people that, that that never get to feel that. Yeah, yeah. You probably follow a guy, Dave Tate, um, under the bar, you know, he's quite, and his motto was always, and he's, you know, um, trained at Westside Barbell with Louis Simmons for yeah. years and years, and yeah. he says, live, learn, and pass yeah. on. You yeah. know, live. Learn what you can and pass it on to others. Yeah. I think it's simple, but I've tried to kind of take those and, and resonate. And, and even I enjoy helping those kids. And now I've really started to enjoy helping other announcers and things right. like that in Canada. Right. You know, um, so it's that's also fulfilling. I, w- I want those guys to get as good as they can. And people say, you know, why are you willing to help so many people that are in the same industry or in your jobs? Hey, I want them to be as good as they can. It's about yeah. reaching human potential. Yep, that's that's it. what it's about. I mean, uh, every day I'm going to go and do the best job I can. Some days it's going to work and some days it's not. But I'm going to go put my best foot forward. And if that's enough and that works and I go back and they hire me, that's great. And if it didn't work, well, that's okay too. Oh, well. You know, well. Meant to be. Oh, well. It wasn't meant to be, you know. So I think the better everybody gets, um, the better the industry gets. And that's a win. It, what it, are we it, doing? It is. It, it, if you're not helping somebody else, then then you are in the way. You're yes, part of the problem. If you're not helping somebody else, like if you're not putting up your shopping cart and yeah. the old lady's shopping <laughs> I love cart. That. Yeah. Get your ass out Get of the parking lot. Yeah, man. I it's, love that. It's funny. We joke about it. Yeah. You would not believe how many people are tagging me in videos and it. pictures that are, yeah. are putting their carts up. Um, it's it's incredible. It's funny. But something something that, that bothered me to, to a point where it was just so silly when I said it, and, and now it's become a thing where people are consciously thinking, sure. okay, I'm going to leave this little space cleaner than it was yes. when I got here. Yes. You know, just... Putting little things up, yeah. Like, like that's that's our job. That's why God put us on this yeah. earth was to yeah. leave it in a better place than it was sure. when we found it. Yep, I everything. Agree. I agree. Yep. Um, oh, I don't know that you could make Las Vegas any better than it was when we found it. Uh, how long you been coming here? I probably think I've been coming down. Uh, this is probably nine or ten years to the rodeo. Yeah, yeah. So there's four of us from town, and, and well, a, a good friend of mine from my hometown of Sylvan Lake now. And then, um, yeah, a couple others, his brother and a, another friend of theirs from Calgary, and a friend of mine. And it was just the four of us that came 10 years ago, and I nobody knew me, and I knew absolutely no one. So it was just it was a lot of fun. We just came to be 
again, be fans. We just yeah. love the rodeo. So yeah. that's how we started coming and been coming ever since. Same group of four. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's so cool. I yep. mean, it's the same thing. We all come here. We all come here for the first time as a fan. Yeah. And if that ever changes, then you're doing it wrong. Right. I, I came here this year as a fan. Yeah. And uh, now, fortunately, I'm in a position where a lot of the people that I'm fans of, I, I get to call friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're one of those guys uh, in I particular. That. We, uh, we, we've gotten to work together a few times up in Canada. I'm sure, I hope, by the grace of God, my fingers crossed, we get to do it again. Yes, sir. But since you're in Vegas, yep. you've been coming here for, you know, a decade or whatever. Some of the big spots, some of the big things, you know, what do you look forward to? What's the big things that, you know, you hope to to see or do while you're here? Oh, yeah. I, well, of course, going to the rodeo, I love getting getting into a, a few performances because there's really nothing like it. And um, I know my Instagram is not near as prolific as yours, but I mean, I try, okay? And one of the things I've, I'm known for maybe more so in Canada is, you know, the, the foodie. Uh, I love, I mean, I love eating food and uh, I'm good at it too. Yeah, me too. But uh, <laughs> I love, shows. There's, a, there's, a few, uh, there's a few restaurants that I love going to and there's a, a few spots that that I like to hit up that always seems to make Vegas good. And um, I love walk coming through here. I try and come through the, the Cowboy Christmas every time just to kind of see it. But to be honest, and, and now let's get, you said a couple times you were cliche. Well, here's my cliche portion of it. One of my favorite parts is moments like this to get to hang out with you, and I mean every word of it, um, hanging out with Brad Narducci, yep. hanging out with Richard Jones, yep. um, bumping into Brandon Bates, uh, because that's inspiring to me because in Canada – uh, things we just don't have as many events. There's not as many of an announcers. There's not as as many big events. So uh, when I leave here and have the opportunity to spend time with people like you, it, that is for me. That's my inspiration to go home and get better. When, and we talked about, hey, what's next? What's raising the bar? The it's now it becomes intrinsic because you say what event well i'm lucky enough to go to the canadian finals to do the calgary stampede to do the armstrongs of the world and in all those wonderful rodeos that i've been a huge fan of in canada but now it's getting better and how do i get better i find for me it's spending more time with the matt west the brad narducci's the the brandon bates of the world um having a chance to see the wayne brooks as the bob tallman's hear those guys work and again it just becomes inspiring um, so we're a little bit of an island up in Canada. So I feel like down here, I can kind of get that feel. What are people doing? What does it look like? And that's the thing. It's more the feel than anything. And, and you know it. And, and I think when you get to a certain level as an announcer, it's not what you say. It's how you say it and the feel you create. And that's what we're after. It's all about you driving know. emotion and telling it, yeah. a story. People say, hey, I'm going oh, to take that line. I'm never interested in stealing somebody's line. I'm interested in figuring out how they created that emotion. How did they get me to sit up in my seat for that 10 seconds? You know, you know how did they do it? Every time somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to use that." Yeah. My response was use what? Yeah. Because before I said it, I didn't know it was coming out. Right. Right. And after I said it, I had already forgotten it. Yeah. That's how like I get so caught up in the moment. Yeah. And I feel like that, that's the only reason I've been able to continue this career as long as I have. Right. Is because I just get caught up in the moment. Sure. And I've cried on air. Yep. I've jumped up and down like a little yeah, kid yeah. <laughs> on a broadcast because I'm a fan. Yeah. And it's never going to change. Yeah. And when it does, you'll never see me because I'll be at home working yep. a real job. Yeah. Working a gym. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Maybe not working maybe a gym. Yeah. Maybe I'll ha- maybe yeah. I'll still have mom there that's running right. the office. Yeah. But, that's good. But uh, you got to be a fan. Yes, sir. Um, weirdest 
encounter with a fan you've ever had? Oh, geez. Um, oh, I, and can you say it in front of mother? Yeah, I think so. You know what? There was probably one, and it just happened last week. Uh, so it comes to mind kind of quick. But I was working an event and was interviewing the president of the Ag Society, and, and um, we were interviewing her, and all of a sudden somebody jumps on the stage from behind us and just starts, you know, kind of yelling. And it was, it was all good. They were, they were a big fan of this lady. I'm scared to say anybody's name on air. But, uh, you know, they were just, oh, That's the difference the between you and me. Lover. So, I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to block this guy off. I'm trying to get through this interview and this check presentation for $35,000 or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's yeah, a yeah. big moment because all the funds raised for that event. We're going back to the Egg Society. So I've got one arm fending this guy off, another, you know, microphone in hand asking her a question. And, he, and he, of course, he's coming through. He's cutting through the mic because... Because he's yelling and, you know, I love you. I love you. I'm like, oh, my goodness sakes, what is happening? So uh, that was probably the one that comes to mind because it, it wasn't that long ago. But uh, pretty mild. Haven't had anything too, too crazy over the year, luckily. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I always think about, like, Kanye West jumping up on the stage and taking the mic from uh, uh, what's-her-face. They used to be a country Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm always, I'm always paranoid that I'm sure. going to have that moment yes. where I'm giving a presentation and some fan just right. This and by the yeah. way, if you're thinking about it, don't do it because I will punch you in the face. Know, yeah, telling you right the now, the man's legit. Okay, but yeah, I don't yeah. know why this little weird paranoia. All uh, right, man. I know that I know you got your mom here. I know that uh, you guys are going to go enjoy Vegas. Are you going to the rodeo tonight? Yeah, we're going to check it out a little bit. Might go see your pal Richard Jones at the Mandalay Bay, too, a little later. So, You do know that I host a party. I do. I know i got to spread myself right? out. i got to spread myself out. All right. Well, if you are making your way to Las Vegas, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do 10 podcasts over the 10 days of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. We're doing it thanks to our friends at Rural Cloth upstairs at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, if you're in town, you're on your way to Vegas, maybe you're listening to this on the plane, come by, see us, stop by, hang out. And, uh, hell, I don't know, I might even need a podcast guest, so hit me up when you come to town. Brett, if people aren't already following you on social, how do they find you? Uh, Instagram, at Gardner Rodeo. Uh, yeah, so look it up if you're looking for some hot spots to eat. That's about as good as it gets. What's the, what's yeah. the end number? You've got nine Canadian... Pro Rodeo announcer of the year titles. How many are we going for? Well, I always say I'm happy. You know, I'm happy at nine. Probably, uh, probably my time's up. But uh, we've got some great announcers in Canada. But oh, if I could get to double digits, maybe that would be the you know okay, that would so be the next number. year. And then we're shooting for eighteen at least. Okay. 18 or so. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. Um, that's a lot. I know that's a lot. I, I yeah, that's a lot. But you got to keep going, man. You yeah. Gotta, you got to just yeah. keep keep doing it. That's right. I, I enjoy listening to you. I'm glad you did this. I appreciate you taking the time. Mom, I appreciate you putting up with us and, and sitting here Got while good we mama. recorded this little podcast. We're in Vegas. Let's go, uh, I don't know, let's go enjoy a nice salad or something. Yeah, perfect. All right, buddy, I perfect. appreciate it. Thank you.